Hey, we have a very special guest in our studio. Somebody who's responsible for a bunch of amazing events that go on in this world. Uh, but for us, we're going to be focusing on the upcoming Amudim event. Amudim has a Unite to Heal event 5784 2023 that begins this coming Sunday morning. It goes through Monday and concludes with a major shebang, an incredible finale on Monday night. All of it, of course, uh, on the website and uh, God knows how many other places aside from the Amudim and Unite to Heal website it will be airing. And uh, I have the privilege of being part of it, but the person who's coordinated all of it and takes responsibility, rightfully so, for the incredible content and the wonderful show that it is, is Yummy Schachter, who is visiting us in our New Jersey studio here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning. How Good are you, morning. sir? Always great to be here. Uh, lots to talk about. Amudim obviously is our focus because it's coming up on Sunday and Monday, and we're both big believers in the work that are by Gluck and his staff and volunteers do, and everybody out there should give what they can and support the cause. Um, but there are a couple of other topics I wanted to cover with you as I take advantage of the fact that you're here in our New Jersey studio. You're very familiar. A lot of people know this. Maybe some don't. You're, a lot, you're very familiar with the world of Hollywood and celebrity. And I think at this point, more than two months after the start of the war and after the incredible, uh, brutal um, attack on our people, on our brothers and sisters, on Shemini Atzeres, I think now, a couple of months later, someone like you could compile a list of who our friends are in the world of celebrity and who have been disappointing um, when it comes to Israel in the world of celebrity. Please tell me that the first list is significant. Please tell me that there are a lot of people. I was going to say, I could put it on this post-it note here. How many are pro? Uh, is it that small? I, I don't I, I don't know if it's about being pro. It just, you know, I, I don't know what everybody thinks in their head or whatever. The fact that the overwhelming majority of Hollywood could not even do as much as speak up against terror is troubling to me. Meaning, before you even get into what do you think about Israel, right? you can't even stand up to terror. Against terror, we, we have a big problem. Did the basic celebrities who identify as Jewish, and I'm tossing out these names strictly as examples, because, and not, because I have no idea how they reacted. Somebody like uh, Ben Stiller, right? Everyone knows he's Jewish. Everyone knows that, uh, you know. His father was a very famous Jewish actor, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, some may argue that he's not Jewish, but you get my point. Yeah, he's certainly identified in Hollywood as a Jew. That type of person did come out at least against the terror or even someone like him and his colleagues were quiet, as you just described. I, listen, I don't want to speak about anyone specific. Right, I'm, I'm no, because I'm not really, I haven't been following right. anything in that way. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I, I think there are many people in that category who shocked me in a positive way and there are many people who shocked me in a negative way like uh, a lot of people who i thought would never be as vocal as they are being did you give me an example of that well by saying i'm shocked by what they're doing means that i right. never had faith in them to begin with so right. i don't want i'm not going to say any names but right. there are people who literally do not care right now what effect anything they say is going to have on their career and good for them it's great um but then there's other people who should and could be doing a lot more. And there's plenty, just being plenty quiet. on that list. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, this this, so, uh, so what this ha- has been very disappointing. So again, anybody who follows your social media, Yami Schachter's here. Anybody who follows your social media knows you have good relationships with a lot of people across the board, every political opinion in Hollywood. Do you now? I don't know. Do you disassociate with them more? Do you express your disappointment? Oh, for sure, them? absolutely. You do. Yeah, there are there are there have been there some are, you're the, dead to me moments in this whole thing. Yeah, but it's not a moment. You're dead to me, and you're like permanently. How many times do people die? I I mean, I I'm not on the Hever Kadisha, no. but I've never heard of someone being buried twice. No, I get it, but there, you know me long enough right. to know that if you're dead to me, if you are dead to me, you are dead to me. Unless, unless one might argue, if it's for the greater good or a public cause, then you might. This is adjust. true. I have been known then once or twice in my career to uh, adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly when <laughs> Call Yisrael needs something. But in this case, um, you know what, what bothered me so much also is like. Okay, I get you don't want to speak up in support of Israel. Right. Why you can't stand up against terror and why this is, you know, you have this has to be explained in this context. You know, this is a problem the entire world is dealing with. So that's not even my problem. My bigger problem is if I'm really your friend and you really care about me, why don't you check up on me privately? Send me a private text. Right. Ask me on the side. Don't put anything out. You would even respect someone who said to you, you know, Absolutely. I can't say something Absolutely. publicly. And but... we could talk about it. Right. Like, let let me understand why you can't say something. Right. Let me give you whatever context you feel that you might need. Um, let me invite you to come to Israel and let's go together and see what's going on. But not even to to reach out privately is, is I don't know. What do you think of Michael Rappaport? As an actor, as a person, as I what, mean. What he's doing he's, now. He's. He's one of the people who stepped up and does not care what anyone says, and I think he's doing great. He's in Israel now, I think. Yeah, he is, and I think yeah. he's a hero, frankly. Yeah. He's, he has you zillions know, of followers. So I'm in Washington. Yeah. When people comment to him about, you know, why aren't you going to Gaza, he knows exactly what to say. Yeah. Listen, you know, a lot meaning of... Meaning why he's not going to show sympathy toward the Palestinians. Listen, not to get into Amudim, because it doesn't sound like you're ready to get there yet. No, but I'm not getting there, there yet. Okay, we you can go got back. here early. But this one, okay, this one, there is one segment in there where... Um, we speak to um, oh, meaning in the Amudim event, yeah, yeah, Lizzie Savetsky and Rifki right. Rabinowitz and uh, Rachel Schnee speaking to them, and basically the idea is how how many people have gone, and we talk about them as two examples. How many people went from being social media influencers to overnight becoming warriors and just fighting the good fight? Right. And there's a long list of people like that, and it's unbelievable because it's not like anyone put them into a program overnight. They had to figure out all the talking points and all the answers, and all it. It's unbelievable how many people just stepped up and knew exactly what this. Like you're saying about Michael Rappaport, um, you know, they yeah. just they just got the talking points and they they went for it and they're at it all day every day. I've messaged some of them, telling them about their heroic um, uh, efforts, and they are heroic. Um, so two things before we get to Amudim, Floyd Merriweather. He's out there because pro-Israel and doing a lot of stuff because he's just, I don't know, he, he, he right off the bat, he was sympathetic to the cause. It, it, it just found a place in his heart, that type of thing. And by the way, those of you who don't know, he's a boxing champion, world boxing champion. Um, yeah. Simple uh, as that. I, I, you know, we just, uh, the reason you're bringing this up, I assume, is because I you just, just honored him. Right. So I just, we just honored Tuesday him night. at Magain David Adom's uh, Miami Gala this week. Um Listen, uh, there have not, there were not a lot of people who stood up in our support uh, when the war started and since the war, and he was the one of the first ones to step up, not only step up in support and speak out against Hamas and against terror and in support of Israel, 
but he also put his money where his mouth is, and he sent his plane to Israel. It must have been a week or two into the war. He was one wow. of the first guys with 5,000 pounds of donated goods. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it probably helps that he has, uh, you know, from management, you know, right. people on his team who are from, but it doesn't matter because like we were, you know, I was saying before, I'm also very, I've also very good relationships with a lot of people who would never have done that. So I think, you know, just the, and he got tremendous blowback. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Is he under- Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous blowback. But he knows how to take a knockout punch. Well, he knows how <laughs> to give it. <laughs> and he, and, and he did, it. and he did, and uh, I know people and from his community who called him and tried to get him to take it down, and to the and he doesn't care. And to me, that's someone who deserves to be honored and to be recognized and to no be question, given all the credit no. in the world. You know, it's not an easy time to do something like that, and we're not exactly the most popular right now on the world stage, and against what most uh, most people in his position and from his community. You know, the stance they've taken, he went completely the other way. Amazing. And finally, I'm literally just curious about your opinion, um, your perspective on this, because I'm not never quite sure what to think of stuff like this. Taylor Swift goes to this event where the proceeds go to the quote unquote other side. Big deal or not big deal? What do Uh, you think? I think, of course, it's a big deal. I mean, it's it's she's she's probably the biggest strongest voice in the world of music and pop culture today and by giving any legitimacy to anything going on there with you know just makes it harder for us and makes the world can you know it gives the world a chance to continue believing a big fat lie so if jewish so it is a big deal should jewish kids be told to boycott her or to like Listen, I, I, what am I, what am I, they are good? I'm not, I'm not telling anyone what concerts to go to, and I don't think one thing has to do with the other. You could still listen to someone's music, you know, but I just think that I, I'm just surprised with the amount of, you know, they say we run Hollywood. They right. say we run the industry. Right. We clearly don't. <laughs> and if sure. we do, we're doing a very bad job. <laughs> so whoever is listening to Nachum Siegel right now who actually runs the music industry, could you please do something about this? No, we obviously don't because if these things are happening – and there's so many Jews involved from from lawyers to business managers to accountants to 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 tour managers there's, there's Jews everywhere and if we can't even you know stop something from the, like that from happening um i don't know if we I, can't I, explain to someone that the optics don't look good in in a situation like this then we're not doing a good listen job. one one thing i definitely learned is um you know i even had a, a conversation yesterday with andrea Bocelli, who over the years has proven a billion times over that he's indeed a very, very good friend of the Jews. Um, And even, you know, even he was saying, you know, it's so terrible to see the loss of innocent lives. And I said, I agree with you. Terrible. Um, But they left us no choice and Hamas has to be destroyed. He said, but there's people being killed who are not. I said, it's tragic. And that's the cost of war. He said, but there's always a solution. You, You know, peace. Now, He's not, he's not a stupid person by any means, but I understand. Like if I remove myself from right. the world you we're in, you understand why someone would say that. Right? I get it. Right. Of course, it, it right. is terrible. Right. And peace would be great. Right. If we had a partner on the other side who didn't want us dead, right. it would be it would be unbelievable. Right. I would love peace. You would love peace. Um. Anyway, so we walked through that. But again, I understand why a lot of people you know, maybe haven't taken the stance that I would love them to take, why they're not willing to say certain things or post certain things. I get it from that perspective. But at a certain point, you know, I think it's on us to do a better job. We've never been great at Hasbara. 
I think in this war, this is the best we've ever been. I think the Israeli government and the the news out of Israel has been much more coordinated and, and much better this time around than they have been in the past, even though they weren't prepared as they were in the past. Um, but I think, you know, in that regard, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Did we as a community do a poor job reacting to Dave Chappelle? What 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 do you think we should do as a response? Like meaning, what do you think we should do as a community? Like he's not a person who's going to be canceled. We've seen that because he's offended other communities. He, right. he he's an equal offender. Right. Uh, you know, equal opportunity, equal opportunity offender. offender. Um, you know, but what what do you think we should have done? Like no Jews should ever go to his show again. He'll still sell out. Like right. that's the problem. There's certain people where there's nothing. You, I mean, you know, I was. You know, oh, that's why I'm asking you. No, I was having it out with his team. Sure. We spoke about it. 100%. Um, but, uh, but uh, I don't know. What, what should we do in cases like that? Right. And as, you, as you're alluding to, there's no good result in a case like that because he's just going to go on touring and doing whatever he does. Well, and- not only that, my fear with people like that is when you cancel someone who has such a big voice or when you try to cancel them or punish them for being anti-Semitic or saying something that comes across as anti-Semitic, you give them more reason to be anti-Semitic. And then there's just more content coming out about, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Isn't it funny how canceling works in some cases and doesn't in other cases? Yeah. Listen, I, I think for the first time in my lifetime, I'm actually very pleased that people are actually, I think for the first time, actually being held accountable for their words and actions. Maybe it's because of social media, but I don't think we've ever had before uh, people being punished for anti-Semitism the way they are now. Right. And I, I think it's great. Yummy Shachter's here. Amudim will take place. The Unite to Heal event Sunday and Monday upcoming. Um, looking forward to kicking it off Sunday morning and wrapping it up on Monday night. Um, first, a word about Rabbi Tzvigalak and Amudim, especially in the context of so much of the philanthropic dollars on every level going from the United States or being spent by people in the United States is going to Israel now. So it's a difficult time for organizations that have the same needs or more needs than they always had, and now they're asking a public that has really been stepping up in terms of support for Israeli causes, rightfully so, to you know generously contribute to their year-end campaign with Unite the Heal. So first, a word to our audience about the incredible work that they're doing with Amudim and why the need is just as great as ever. First of all, I wouldn't say the need is just as great. I would say it's even greater this year because one of the big pillars of Amudim, one of the biggest things they deal with is mental health and obviously since october 7th there has been an explosion of people who need help remember amudim does not only service people in the united states they service people in israel number two let's remember also that before anyone started supporting uh causes in israel uh in a very uh significant way let's say people started supporting them what october 10th 11th by the time uh who were people calling the first few days when they were freaking out and couldn't get out of Israel, those who wanted to leave. That's right. People forget very quickly <laughs> that Tzvi Gluck and Amudim was, were the only ones and the first ones to get planes, to charter planes and get people out of Israel. So I think, you know, let's let's not forget. Uh, the other thing is that they, you know, they, um, they help with uh, people dealing with uh, depression and anxiety and all kinds of mental health. Life-saving with, situations. With, with abuse, with addiction, uh, with all kinds of things. And, and it's... I think from what I've heard from them, it's just even more amplified than ever since October 7th, unfortunately. So I, I am not telling anyone that they are more important to support than any cause in Israel, that there's there's so many, so many amazing 
people doing incredible things that deserve support. But I think uh, I implore people not to forget that these are daily struggles that people under our noses and in our own communities are dealing with. And Amudim are the people who are dealing with it quietly on a day in, day out, whether there's a war or not. Yeah, 100%. All right. How do you top? You are the producer, after all. Charity bids officially to production company for this? Yes, sir. How well, you... if, if, if it's good and successful, then yes. If not, <laughs> I, I have no idea who's doing it this year. Charity yes. bids produces the event. How do you top what you've done one year ago and what you did two years ago? What about three years ago? This that, is our fourth year. This is your fourth year? Right? Yes. Wow. We started year one of COVID. Wow, I didn't realize This is that. year four. Right? Yes. But you're asking me. I, I, this is our fourth I, year. I obviously thought it was the third. <laughs> I think there's a fourth year. Anyway, um, I got to tell you, every single year, we don't think we're going to top what we did. Because you have to remember, the first year, we started this in the height of COVID. Right. This was one of the first virtual events that anyone really did. Right, we did it very early on, and we had the first year over eight hundred seventy-five thousand people who tuned into the event in year one. And we thought, like, oh, that's COVID luck. People are stuck at home and they're just watching because they have nothing to do. And year two was one point two million, and like, it just grew. And every year we said, oh, the content is so good. There's no way we're gonna do. It. I don't know what we're gonna do. And I must tell you. That this year, maybe maybe part, some of it has to do with the war, maybe. So we had a little bit of an advantage there. But I got to tell you that the content this year is the strongest content we've ever had in doing this, you know, throughout the years. And that um, means really well-known people talking about and taking up really interesting topics. Yeah, just, you know, Sivan Mayor Rahav. Everyone knows who she is. Right. I had her interview Rabbi Lau right. about a Holocaust survivor living in Israel his perspective on the October 7th attack. I mean, you know, like I said, some things were just handed to us. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I wish there wasn't the right. war in Israel, but I mean, that's gold. Ravasher Weiss talking with my brother about Shilas that came up early in the war, which will blow your mind. The, you know, Ravasher Weiss just keeps saying the Shilas that come up, I'm not blown away by what's being asked or how it's being asked. I'm being, uh, my mind is blown. This is Rabasha Weiss told me. My mind is blown that people are even asking. Like, what an amazing people we are. That people are worried, a soldier's worried, that he hasn't seen his wife in 40 days, and they're giving him off to go home for two days. They need him back on Sunday. And he asks Ashila, is it better for me not to go home because I'm going to have an urge to hug my wife? And, and, and I, I, you know, I want to know, if, is it better not to go home? Like, things like that. It's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, we have we have and and the song like a lot of the music this year. Again, maybe because of the war and maybe because of the songs we chose and the artists we chose and, and the, the way in which. No, but I think a lot of the songs we chose because of the war, and I think because people are feeling it much more now than right. ever, the music will resonate a lot more. You know, when you take a song, Hanan Benari has a song Shvuri Lev, sure. which everybody knows. But I think right now that song has more meaning than it, than right. it did a year ago. Um, and similar to what we did last year, I don't know if you remember, you know, I noticed that uh, Isha Rebo has a huge following in the United States and all over the world. But unfortunately, a lot of his following, as much as they love him, they don't even understand what a brilliant lyricist right. he is. They don't understand the words. So we took one of his songs last year, remember, with, with the, the Solomon song? Brothers? I still play it. Okay, and we added English to it. And all of a sudden, it, it brought, like, there's a new meaning. Now people appreciate it even more. They understand. So right. we did that this year with Shvuri Leif. 
and and now that you put English words to Shvuri Lev, we did it with the Solomon Brothers again. And I happen to think that it is the best song the Solomon Brothers have ever put out. And we all know that they have amazing music. And Yehuda Solomon's in it too. So Uh we got a little Moshav and a little of the Solomon Brothers. Uh, And it's not just me saying it. It's actually them saying it. It's actually Yishai Rebo saying everyone who has heard this song, uh, Shvuri Lev, believes that this is the best song they've ever put out. Um, and so that we did de- that. And that debuts in a specific slot yep. during Unite to Heal, and then is available to everybody forever after that. Yeah. We have a song, Silent Cries, which is more of an Amudim song. But again, because of, you know, songs are not always written explicitly. So the words take on whatever meaning, whatever something means to you. That's the... Can that's, apply that's, to multiple situations. Exactly. So Silent Cries is a, is a collaboration that we produced with Shulam Lemmer and Alex Clare. <laughs> Again, so we're always about bringing people together who may have not otherwise been uh, doing things together. Uh, that's also something incredible. Not, By the way, um, I think people are going to go nuts with uh, Nachum Siegel finally being interviewed about Nachum Siegel. <laughs> right? you're, for 30 years, you're on the other side of the mic, and all of a sudden, you're in the hot seat. How, how long is that segment since when we did it live? It was about two hours. <laughs> it was two hours. I think we got it down to about an hour 20, but it, wow. it, it, this, it's so good. Ari, first of all, Ari Lam. Is Boy, did a, I have a good time with him. I did I have a good time with him. Right? Great. He's just great. Yeah. And uh, you did another segment with my father, right. which was excellent. Asked him a lot of war questions as well. You made him cry. That's not nice. I felt terrible. No, I'm just I know. I'm just because I, tr- I tried to start with a question because I know how sensitive he is. Where he wouldn't cry, and within ten seconds he was crying. Listen, anyone who knows my father knows it does not take a lot to get him to cry. Uh, and then Bracha Jaffe has a song that she's dropping. Wow. Um, called "See Her," which I think also is beautiful. You know, also for Amudim specifically, the idea behind the song is don't look at people. See people. Very easy to look at someone and in two seconds decide who they are and what's up. Learn how to see people. Learn how to see people for who they are. And again, also additional meaning since the war because look how many people a day before the war were down each other's throats about what's going on in Israel and politics. And, and all of a sudden the war started and a Jew is a Jew is a Jew and everyone's getting along. And we're learning how to see people. We're, we're looking past a lot of the things that maybe used to bother us or keep us away from other people. And I think, again, it, it was written, you know, it was produced for Amudim specifically. But I think, again, because of the war and because of what people are feeling, you know, I think that, I still think the content's the best content we've ever had. But I think, like I said, a lot of it is, is because so much of it has more meaning now than ever. Yep. And then there's more, you know, there's some, you know, this, this heavier thing. Well, not so heavy, like. David Bashevkin, who everyone knows from the 1840 podcast, he's also a brilliant interviewer like Ari Lam. They really know how to do interviews. And he interviewed Lipa about some of his past trauma. Again, very Amudim related. But then there are things um, that, you know, we always have fun. We did Holy Ed Squares for three years. That was fun. Uh, so this year we switched it up and we have Carpool Kumsitz. So uh, James Corden moved back to London. So he was not available. So instead we got Joey Newcomb. And, uh, Is he as good as Corden? He's actually better than Corden. Uh, not as funny, but but he's he's up there. He is so Corden talented. Can't do the cums, it's like he can. Yeah, he's so talented. Joey Newcomb is so talented. Anyway, so he did. Nice we, we have three the best. We have three episodes of Carpool Kumsitz, which are really unbelievable, like TV quality stuff. Uh, one episode with Barry Weber, 
one with some Kleiner and one with Benny Friedman. And each one, uh, basically the way we designed it is taking a trip down memory lane and going through their lives through music. So start from the beginning, like early childhood until now, and stories that people would have never heard about them, things that would never come up in interviews, but it's fun and interactive. And the kicker is that we bought a 1994 Buick station wagon. <laughs> James Corden could use his Range Rover. That is not what from Jews do when they make a carpool karaoke uh, show. It comes in. So this is, this is, it's amazing. I'm very excited for people to see it. <laughs> Should have done it from the back of the station wagon. <laughs> and then we actually, I'll, I'll just tell you one more. We, we, uh, I came across, someone introduced me to a kid from Toronto. His name is Jakob Bengio. And uh, he's in the mirror now. I think he's about 21 years old. He's in the mirror. And he is an unbelievable pianist. What? Unbelievable. So someone introduced me to him and said, could we, um, uh, you know, maybe something maybe for a mood. You know, I just didn't feel like a piano solo was right. going to be the way to go. Like, it's great. People would love it. But I, I don't think it's in the spirit of what we've done in terms of collaborations. And anyway, so... I'm trying to think like what do I do and I said and I said to the kid why don't you come to my house and you know let me hear you play and maybe we'll come up with ideas the problem is he's so classically trained that he doesn't really know anything that he's he's in the mirror he's from he knows Jewish music but all he plays on piano is really the what belongs on the piano right exactly (laughs) so um so he's in my house he blows my mind anyway the next day Dodi College surprised me this was one week into the war and he shows up to my house. He says, I'm here for Shabbos. I said, you're not going to believe it. This kid was just here, and I got to bring him over. You got to. So I have him play for Duty, and I said to Duty, how do we take, I said, I, I want to use him for Amudim. How do we take a Haimisha song that everyone knows. Classi- classify it. And, 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 and take his talents right. and take your talents and put it together. So we have a uh, Chopin-inspired version of Ka Echsof, a song that everyone knows with the craziest piano arrangement. It's it's weird. It's out there. It's crazy, but but it's unbelievable. I remember the reaction to the Philharmonic Experience from thirty years ago, what you saw them put out. Yeah, and it's it is remarkable. I mean, everything Jewish Im- influenced by the classical music stuff, but the purest classical music people in our community had a lot of trouble tolerating it. This is going to bring a lot of interesting commentary when people see this. It could be, but yeah. it's very well done, and and the song. Um, we finished recording it. Dodi sent me a, a message. It was like two o'clock in the morning in Israel. He was there with Yaakov recording, and he sent me a message and said, "We just finished, and we're going to start working on the edits." You know, I sent it over to my guys, whoever's doing. And one hour later, Dodi texted me that his father passed away. So we're putting out this song in memory of Dodi's father. Now, Dodi just got up from Shiva, and the song will be out uh, next week. On, next week, ready? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, there's some there's some unbelievable content this year. There really is. I'm excited for people to see it. I'm excited for people to support. Um, and that's it. And that's and, it. And Nachum right. Siegel's hosting, so we know it will be I an hope. incredible success. It all begins Sunday morning, folks, uh, early nine a.m. Eastern time, and it'll go until uh, nine p.m. Right, it's thirty six hours. Nine p.m. on Monday Eastern time. And I'll have the chance to open things and close things. And hopefully uh, Amudim will achieve its goal financially and otherwise. There is a lot. In addition to all the content that you're going to be enjoying, <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to see and hear about uh, a million good reasons to support the organization. The work they're doing is remarkable. And as we like to say, 
and this is no knock on any organization that just started October 9th, but as we like to say that the organizations with a proven track record give us an even greater feeling of satisfaction to support them, and Amudim has quite a track record. So, Well, I'll tell you one of the, one of the most successful things from my standpoint. It's not having a million people tune into an event. That's awesome. I don't think any other Jewish organization has achieved that. It's not the millions of dollars that we've helped them raise over the years. That's also amazing. But to me, what's most rewarding is that every single year, Tzvi calls me after the event and he says, I don't know if I should love you or hate you. He says the phones don't stop ringing from people who were suffering in silence and struggling and didn't know that there's someone to call. Yep. And that, to me, is the biggest success. You know, Ellie Schwabel, two years later, still get hundreds and hundreds of emails and letters and notes and, and private messages about the lives that he saved from the song that we did together. Yep. You remember that song? Of course. Stand for you. Sure. And it's, you know, to me, that's, the money's great. The numbers are great. The traffic's great. The, the exposure for Amudim is great. But to me, the saving lives is the greatest. Amazing. Yummy Schachter and Charity Bids will produce it. It'll all begin on Sunday morning. UniteToHeal.org, I assume, or is it .com? .com. .com? UniteToHeal.com. Again, UniteToHeal.com. You know it's V-Gluck. He for sure bought both of them. (laughs) I hope. Yeah. And uh, those of you out there who are um, uh, curious to see some of the content from past years, it's all over the place, and you'll find it on YouTube and many other places, some of the videos that uh, Yummy alluded to and spoke about this morning. And obviously, starting Sunday, you'll see brand-new content including the list of things that Yummy just went through, all of which uh, are pretty spectacular. Uh, another great year for Unite to Heal and Amudim, and you'll see why this coming Sunday and Monday. And uh, Yummy Schachter, you will be um, lighting eight candles on the Hanukkah tonight. Have you decided where you're going to be lighting candles yet tonight? Have you made that decision yet? I don't make decisions so far in advance, but if I had to get <laughs> if I had to guess, based on where I will be around the time of menorah lighting, it will more than likely be in Andrea Bocelli's dressing room at Madison Square Garden, where last night, Baruch Hashem, we made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem by lighting together, and Jews came out of the woodworks. When they heard we were lighting in his room, the security guards from Madison Square Garden all of a sudden, oh, tonight's the seventh night, I'm not home, I would love to light, and people who have been on Andrea's tour for years that we didn't even know were Jewish... Everyone showed up, and I hope we'll be able to do it again tonight. Are you on deadline? Although it's a little uh, hard to, you know, give certain, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, bringing light in a place of dark. Right. I'm explaining to a blind man about light. Right. It was a little weird, but, but he probably, I think he understood. I think he gets it, no? No, for sure he gets it. It's just it, it was a little uncomfortable for um, a second. Are you, uh, are you in a major rush? You have another few minutes. I have all day for you. So now... Um, first of all, what is the song that the world knows from him? In other words, if someone, if a Martian came down to planet earth and said, give me in five minutes, Andrea Bocelli, he would sing what song for them? Time to say goodbye. That's the one? The prayer. Either one? Yeah. Are those the ones that end his show usually? No. How does he uh, end Ness and Dorma for sure. From, ends the show. From Piccini for sure. And sometimes he even sings it twice. Really, uh, it's a masterpiece, and people go nuts, and it's like the. Is, high, there, is there an encore? Like, but in New York, 
he, he does songs in New York that he doesn't do anywhere else. I.E. New York, New York. <laughs> he actually does the York, ba, New York. Ba, ba, na, na, na. That's great. If you come tonight, you'll see. Would you like to come? <laughs> past your bedtime, right? That's way past my bedtime. <laughs> so for those of us who don't have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning for a radio show tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. Is it sold out tonight? It's always sold out. Weeks in advance? Months in advance? The Minutes after he goes on sale. He Does anybody get to see him? Like, is there a category of people who pay enough money to they actually get to a reception with him or anything like that? It doesn't happen. No, he's not really that Do type. people seek his I mean, autograph? Does he give his autograph? Of course, of course. Um, listen, he, he doesn't say no to anybody, which is, you know. Good uh, and bad. It's good and bad, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, we had an amazing experience last night. There was a kid there. His name was Logan. Yeah. I, I don't know his story, but An I was American? A, yeah, it right. lives in New York. Right. I, you know, I, I see this kid with his mother. Right. And somehow through some organization they're involved in, the kid plays piano. Um, cl- you know, clearly there's, there's, you know, the mother was told when he was born that he's never going to walk, he's never going to talk, he's right. never going to do anything. So you could you could tell this. So it's a make-a-wish type thing? There's a lot of issues. You could tell the kid is blind. The, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, right. you know, issues. Anyway, so I see them there, and they're... You know, the, his dream was to meet Andrea Bocelli. And all of a sudden, I see him and his mother come in, and she tells me she grew up in Israel. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, she was told this kid's never going to be able to do anything. And he started playing piano when he was two, and now he's singing, and he loves Andrea Bocelli. And for 19 years, she tells me, my, my dream has been to, to, to meet Andrea Bocelli. And here I am, and I can't believe it. So um, Andrea asked the son, do you know my music? And he starts, you know, of course I know you. And... Um, and then he says, one day I would love to sing with you. And Andrea says, okay, you know, great. And he's getting ready for the show. Like, he's got to do rehearsals, and the kid's yeah. got to go in with his mother. You know me. Like, I, I'm not stop, I'm not letting this end like this. Like, So I said, Andrea's about to walk away. So I say, Logan, if you had an opportunity to sing with Andrea Bocelli, what song would you choose? And he says, time to say goodbye. I said, well, if you have the dream, why don't we make the dream happen? And the two, and he starts singing, and Andrea starts singing with him, right? And then his mother is like, yeah, she's Vide- crying, vid- videoing the whole thing. <laughs> no, she wasn't. I, I hope somebody else was. Right. Uh, and uh, and then they go in. It was in the middle of rehearsal, and right when they walk out, they are rehearsing. Time to say goodbye. And she says, "It's my dream. I don't know how, but one day it was my dream for my son to be on this stage and to ever." And about ten minutes later, I go up to the conductor and I say. Could we, could we bring, anyway, the symphony was literally, you know how they are with the unions, like sure. the minutes, so they were done and everyone's getting up, but we, we put them on the stage and in front of the, the place was basically empty. There were maybe 50 people there who were sitting down. The kids sang on the mic on the stage of Madison Square Garden and everyone gave him an applause and I said, well, there you go. It was amazing. It was amazing. It. Yeah. I love it. One other thing I learned, by the way, from your um, uh, Hanukkah uh, menorah Chanukia lighting last night. Um, I always have this debate with uh, one of my friends. Who I know would, what you're going to say. What? That I lit the candle after the first bracha? Well, first of all, we do that. Uh, most people don't. Right. Well, we do that. Does your father do that? Yeah, I hope so. No, I'm saying. Yes. Yes. We do that. Yeah, yeah. So people yell at me for saying Hanaris Halalu as I'm still lighting. I'm saying I'm sorry, but that's what we always do. You let people yell at you? Hold on a second. <laughs> Amudim. Amudim. We need help. Abuse. Yeah. So one second. So, um... I always have this debate. He claims that the most well-known Jewish tune is Kol Nidre. And I said, you have no idea. Who claims that? A friend of mine. I said, you have no idea. It's not even close to the top. 
not even close to the top. And then last night, what do you think is What do you think? No, I'm talking about the, the world jury. Hatikva. The world jury. It's but Hatikva is it's Diana. It's Diana. You go to any Jew and start singing Dayenu, they will sing it along with you. But you don't You're, think Hatikva is more well known by Jews? You go to the average unaffiliated Jew in the street and start singing you're Hatikva? Right. I guess you're right. So I always think it's Dayenu. Last night I learned that the bracha for the Hanukkah is oh, also one of the things that people I was know. shocked. I was stunned. So if you saw I the video, stunned. I started saying the bracha right. I didn't. And because all you of a sudden, nobody, he, and then they're all joining yeah. you. Yeah. I was stunned. So it's in my top five now of, of I, Jewish. I, the uh, truth is, I was in Miami also this week. Um, Emmanuel Shriki hosted the right the, the event. mod event for me. So right. the night before, she says I was asked by Hillel of I don't know University of Florida, something like that, to do a thing in someone's house. And there also they started with menorah lighting. And I said to her, "Do you want to make the you know?" And the night before that, she came to our house and lit at our house. So I knew that she knew the bracha right. already. So fine. And then she starts making it, and also. The entire place started saying the bracha, amazing. and it was amazing. Amazing, were like uh, probably a hundred people there. Tune, it mean, was unbelievable. Give credit to the Hebrew schools out there in the history of this country. They did teach some stuff that stuck with the kids. And one of it is the brachot on the Chanukiah for well, sure. Well, I think I think we we often remember things more that we learned in sure. the form of song. So a lot of kids, you know, the alphabet, obviously, right. but a lot of kids will remember the states and the capitals right. because it was a song. They'll right. remember all the presidents of the United States because right. they learned it in a song. Havdalah because of Debbie Friedman's song. Exactly. Yeah. So there's actually a fascinating woman I met years ago. Her name is Dr. Lana Israel. She's also Jewish. Shocker. <laughs> and um, uh, I met her. She lives in Nashville. She's a world expert on memory and brain. Wow. And she... Came, she, you know, obviously knows that the way the brain works, many things we remember from childhood are things we learned in a song. And right. she identified that there are way too many kids not going to university in the United States. And they drilled down. Why are they not going to it? Because they're failing in pre-algebra math. And if you don't get math, pre-algebra, then you're failing in high school. And if you fail in high school, you can't. So she wants to go to the pain point. So she moved to Nashville and got hit songwriters and producers to write songs so that kids could learn the math curriculum through music and has unbelievable success oh with, with full classes of kids who were never going to university or college who are graduating and passing math and understanding math and going to college and university. So along those lines. I love it. You must cool. love that. Man, that's and her name a- is Dr. Lana Israel. And by the way, I have a great story. <laughs> Last week I was in Starbucks in the airport and I'm on the phone with my wife and I'm, I'm there's a clearly Arab guy taking my order, but I, I wasn't paying attention. So like I give him my order and he says, what's your name? Because oh they put your name on the cup and oh. I'm on the phone and I'm rushing to get my flight. Oh my God. And I go Israel. And the guy's eyes like look at me and I'm like, Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, I mean it. My yeah, name really so, is no, Israel. So I go, I'm like, that's awkward, right? I said, I'm just kidding with you. My name is Palestine. People call me Pally. So anyway, so I'm, again, I'm on the phone and I'm like, okay, it's over. I paid. I'm waiting. Two minutes later, Pally? I love it. Yeah. One last thing. Uh, yes. Before I let you go. They go from Toronto to Ottawa for a major pro-Israel rally slash demonstration. And 17 buses don't show up? Is that the story? Yeah. The bus you ordered canceled. 100, not by you, but whoever it was, ordered 100 buses, and 17 drivers refused? or seven? What? No, one, bu- one subcontractor bus company. Made sure not uh, to have From the... which we got 17 buses, the right. UJ. When I say we, it was, right. the, it was the UJ. It was not me. Right. I was asked to help 
So what's the aftermath? The rally. Is there legal? I'm sure, I'm sure there's legal oh, stuff so going on. Yeah. So no one's dropping the ball on this? No. Okay, got you, it. You, you mess with us, you get punished. Yeah, I'm just making yeah. sure. That you, but you I, know what? There were 20,000 people who showed Ottawa. up despite that in Ottawa in a snowstorm the entire time. Snow in Canada? In December? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I just figured if I'm putting on a show, let's, let's make a show. <laughs> Let it snow. <laughs> and uh, You could hear that tonight also if you come. <laughs> Is he going to sing it? Yes, and now with his daughter. <sighs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden you want to come. I, I yeah. do. What time does it start? 7.30? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Probably 8.20. Yeah. That's like, that's, take a nap. That's like midnight snack time. Take a nap and then come. Um, and, and the case that we had on the air with the rabbi? In terms of the uh, workers not coming to take people from the plane to the uh, terminal. Oh, that... wasn't he amazing? Rabbi He's Lipstrand? fantastic. Okay, so he donated an ambulance with the right. money from the plane. Nobody wanted the money back. But subsequent to that, has action been taken? or That that had nothing to do with... That was not a legal thing. They, that... There were too many planes landing in Washington. They didn't submit for a slip in time, and there was nowhere to land. So it was that... not anti-Semitism. No, no. Not at all. So his there, so his point of being on the air was not to highlight that Jews were what, wrong. It was to highlight what they did with the money. Yes. That wasn't clear what to other, us. What other community would have said, keep 100%. my money anyway? 100%. And here they bought an ambulance. Was it from By the way, there, there, are other, there are other communities that would say that, but okay. That, I mean, just to be fair to everyone. No, I don't mean Toronto. Oh, Jewish, Jewish community. Right. It's Jewish a very Jewish correct. thing to say correct. we're not keep taking money, money back. Do and let's do something it, good. Right. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Um, that wasn't clear to us. We thought there was that part of the story was also that they were doing it on purpose against the Jews, but obviously. And not not to talk too much about Pacelli, but just because we're here this week and he has shows. <laughs> but no, this was a conversation, the first conversation I had with them after October 7th. And he wanted to know how I'm doing and how the family's doing, and we were talking it through. Right. And uh, And I said, why do people hate us so much? He said, I understand it. And I was shocked. Like, I thought, like, oh. Let's hear. Let's hear. And he said, "How many times have I been with you where you get a phone call from someone in Australia or someone here or there you don't know?" And I asked, "Do you know them?" No. Well, why are you helping them? He said, "We're all jealous of that." He wow. said, "It's." Uh, he said, "I'm not jealous enough to to want to kill you," but he said, "Everyone knows that you are an unbreakable community, and you will always band together. You'll always stick together. You're always going to turn something positive from something negative. You're never going to be beaten down, and we're jealous of you." He said, of course, I understand where it comes from. What a way to end this conversation. Phenomenal. Yummy Shachter, thank you. See you Sunday at Amudim, and good luck with all that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Amazing. now, my coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I was thinking that, you know, it is Hanukkah, and you're in my new New Jersey Oh, stu- let's make latkes. Let's make some latkes. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. Wake me up, it's time to go Been down this road before and I know There's danger up ahead Recalculate and turn around I'm heading home, I'm homeward bound No, I'm not gonna walk that path no more I know, I know it's not too late No, my past won't seal my fate You'll be there With arms wide open No matter what I've done wrong no matter how long I've been gone, you'll be there to let me back in. Feel she seen on my shoulder. Um, mochel v'soleach, mochel v'soleach. Moshit yadon ezav, v'noten berachamav. Et ha'koach l'teken, 
Yami Shachter and I were talking about Yishai Rebo with the Solomon Brothers, My Way Back Home from Amudim last time around, and they have a very special, as you heard, uh, they have a very special um, uh, collaboration coming up in this year's uh, Unite to Heal event as well for Amudim. It begins Sunday, goes through Monday. Make sure to join us, everybody.